Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, fortunately, the clock isn't working. Therefore, I have no time constraints today. My, you're all good looking. Wow. I think we have a closing song. And it is number 619. We're in the last of the 40-day periods of the Bible. Let's see how we can do with the first eight. What's the first one? Did I hear the flood? I heard the flood. Following the flood, the second 40-day period was? First giving of the law. I'll bet you can't guess number three then. Second. Second giving of the law. Oh, you're quick. Yeah, you're quick. Then number four. The spies going down into spying out the land of Canaan for 40 days. Number uh, five. I didn't hear that. Oh, who said that? All right, David and Goliath. Number six. Oh, what's his name? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, we remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Elijah and Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. Number seven. What? Fish food, Jonah. Okay. Uh, Jonah. Number uh, seven, uh, seven or uh, number eight. Temptations. The temptations of Jesus. Oh, you're all doing pretty good. Um, uh, God did tell me this week that He was going to ask you all that uh, at the gate. <clears throat> you will want to have that well rehearsed. <laughs> now, number nine is the time, the ninth one, the last one. Uh, which we'll review today and um, just a little bit. And that is um, the what? All right, the preaching of the kingdom. Jesus in the 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension. And if you can remember all nine of those 40-day periods, you have an answer to every problem in life if you learn how to use it. That's, uh, that's what it's all about is learning to uh, put it together so that it becomes beneficial to y'all so that we can live right in the kingdom. Because today we're talking about living in the kingdom and uh, the way that we can live in the kingdom fruitfully and successfully is to remember what we've learned and make the proper applications of it. If you'll turn with me to 2 Peter, 
2 Peter chapter 1. So I'm assuming that right now is about 1130. Okay. <clears throat> Second Peter chapter 1 <clears throat> and verse uh, 2. I said verse 3, but let's start with verse 2. <clears throat> Before we read this, let me state this, that everything real, Everything real has been revealed. And because it has been revealed, it is therefore spiritual, not mystical. See the point? A lot of folks think that spiritual means something out there in never, never land. It's spiritual because it has been revealed... And everything pertaining to life has been revealed. <clears throat> Look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Because folks, without that knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, we don't know how to live in the kingdom. We're kingdom people. We spent a long time going through all of the references in Luke about the kingdom. Now we have to put it together into how it is practiced in our life. So in verse 2, <clears throat> Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and God-likeness. Uh, Peter, by the way, is the last book of the Bible written. He is putting his credentials on the last book that all of the books have been canonized and have his certification. And he is saying in verse 3 that everything pertaining to life and godliness has been granted. And it pertains to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who has called us through His own glory and excellence. So we have to have a view of God. The Bible gives us that view of God. And when we see the excellency of God through that view, then we have the source of living our life in complete harmony and in agreement with God. Now notice verse 4. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. So the promises are for those who get serious about life and godliness. For he has granted 
to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. You may become partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. And we're going to develop that just a little bit later. But for now, we see that everything that's real, everything that lasts, has been revealed. Therefore, it is spiritual. And this church of Coolidge, Arizona, is known as the how-to church. How do we live in the kingdom of which we have spent so much time talking about its perimeters? Go with me now quickly to Daniel. <clears throat> Daniel chapter 7. <clears throat> verse 10. Chapter 7. Uh, let's, let's not go there. Let's go right to verse 13. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days. That's Christ versus the Father, God, the God of Jesus. He came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And notice, to him was given dominion. What did Jesus say in Matthew 28? All what? All authority, we had that in Sunday school class this morning, I believe. In Matthew 28, all authority hath been given to me on heaven and in earth. To him was given dominion. That's where it was consummated, put together. To him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. That all the peoples and nations... And men of every language might serve him. Does that include you? It doesn't say they will, but they can potentially if they choose to. And if they do so, his dominion is an everlasting dominion. You can't take it away. It will not pass away and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. You may not live like it has any impact on you, but there is no absence of appreciation in your life that can destroy the kingdom. It's permanent, it's for real, and it will outlast all other powers of the world. Now verse 26. But the court will sit. <clears throat> Remember that we had two witnesses to that court, and they were Elijah and Moses. That's from Revelation. But the court will sit for judgment and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated and destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, the dominion and the greatest of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the, will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all the dominions will serve and obey him. Now, when Daniel heard that, it had an impact on him. When you and I hear that today, oh, you know, a, a balloon just popped. Or, my, that was a good candy bar. You know, we put it in such a trivial sense. Instead of it being earth-shattering and attention-getting, 
pulling us into its meaning and depth of meaning, we shrug it off. The dominions will serve and obey him. That's potentially all that exists. Everyone, everywhere, his dominion is so big that everybody can be a part of it and it's your choice as to whether or not you are. But how, pertaining to our theme today, how do we live, how do we live in the kingdom? In Colossians chapter 1, <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1, <clears throat> and by the way, um, we know the, what the prognosis of, of my gizzard is. And... Um, so they're feeding, more, you know, they're just feeding me more grain. Uh, you get stuck in your crawl. Yeah, I get, <laughs> yeah, I get stuck in my crawl. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> but Tuesday of this week, we actually schedule the surgery, heart, open heart surgery, on Tuesday. And don't know when that will be, but it could be that I won't be here next Sunday. But um, uh, I think Lana said she'd take over. <clears throat> we didn't have what you agreed earlier today. Okay, Lana, uh, Lana, the book of Lana, chapter one, <laughs> verses thirteen. What's that? I said, let's don't go there. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Uh, and anyway, they're going to do a valve, uh, a valve job, and you probably can, you know, um, you know, I don't know whether I'll make it today or not, but anyway, they're going to do uh, the aorta valve and uh, replace it. It's, I don't know how they do that. I think they chase down a chicken or they chase down a pig or something. And, uh, <clears throat> and whatever they find in the storeroom, they'll, they'll fix that up. And, and I don't know how long that'll take. I don't know what, whether they'll actually get it done this week or whether it'll be next week. I don't know for sure. So that's what we're waiting for. And that is discovered or determined on Tuesday of this week. They know what to do. They know how to do it. I think. <laughs> okay, Colossians, and, and folks, have a good time with it. You know, it doesn't bother me at all. Mike's back there had the same thing, but for a different reason. He's had open heart surgery, and but they missed. Is that what you told me? No, they did it right. And in, in two or three days, he was up and around because he had mainly um, bypasses, was it? bypasses and I don't have that problem I just have a valve that is severely narrowed and it can't push the blood through so all that blood goes into my lungs <clears throat> and that's what causes the biggest problem that I have lungs are not designed to process blood from that part of them all right Colossians 1 13 and 14 back to our theme living in the kingdom <clears throat> for he uh, rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to, into what does not yet exist. Oh, some of you were following. Well, that's, that's encouraging. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. That's the kingdom. That's the state of being. When you are in the kingdom, you have been redeemed and you have the forgiveness of sin. And when you sin after that point, you then have access to the Father who, if you are faithful and 
if you are, um, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sin. But there is no forgiveness outside the kingdom. Did I say none? No forgiveness outside the kingdom. There is no redemption outside the kingdom. You had better be a part of the kingdom. Because if you want to be forgiven and you want to be redeemed, we sing about it. You have to be where it is and it's in Christ, the kingdom of Christ. It's a state of being. So you have to say, am I or am I not? That's where you must be to be saved. And folks, in this kingdom, there is no place on earth like it. No place like the kingdom of God. And we on that basis need to sit up and take notice. <clears throat> so what's it like living in the kingdom? Let's just look at one verse today. Romans chapter 14 for a text. <clears throat> Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. The kingdom of God is eating and drinking and carousing. How many takers do I have? Yeah, everybody wants to be in on that one. But notice that isn't really how it ought to be read. <clears throat> For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking or even being here for Greg's omelets on Resurrection Sunday. But it is a help. Oh, yeah. You see that written there? Oh, yeah. It, yeah. What translation is that? I like it. <clears throat> so the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness. Oh, three things here. What's the first one? Righteousness, peace, and joy in spirit. That's in your spirit. Joy in your spirit because your spirit is in alignment with the spirit of God. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is made up of three things. The thing that characterizes the kingdom as we live in it is righteousness, peace, and joy. That's what it's like to be in the kingdom. Let's look at righteousness. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. <clears throat> Boy, I love it when that clock doesn't work. <clears throat> look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 23 and 24. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now that's not a little separate entity out there floating around beside you wherever you go. That, that's how you're thinking. That's a part of you. That's what you are. Be renewed in how you think. Be renewed in what your thinking conveys to other people. And not only are you to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, but put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness... And holiness of the truth. Can't separate righteousness and holiness. And that likeness of God has been created. Your righteousness and 
the holiness of truth are from God. They are therefore spiritual. You can possess that. And when you have righteousness, that's the sum total of all of God's commands and all that he approves of. But preacher, I'm just a leaner. You know, I've been playing horseshoes most of my life and all I get is a leaner. And that's really how I am. But folks, that doesn't cut it. There are no leaners in the kingdom. You're either in the kingdom or you're not in the kingdom. You are either living righteously or you're not living in the kingdom. It's just pretty simple. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I'm going to have to start weeding some of this out here real quick. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, <clears throat> because one thing that we have is a deliverance in the scriptures from all that stands in the way of being righteous. We have to move that stuff out. And the epistles are filled, even Colossians that uh, Nathan read from this morning, uh, are giving us ideas, the things that we have to weed out of our life that get in the way of us being righteous in the kingdom. Notice some of the things here. He's very, very powerful here in verse 9. Did I say verse 9? Of chapter 6, verse 9 of 1 Corinthians. Or do you not know that the unrighteous... See, that's the opposite of righteous, right? You thought it was how you are. No. It's the opposite of how you are. You are righteous. But the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And here he's probably referring to it in the eternal sense. But nevertheless, it's applicable... Well, now too, because this is how, this is where we are in our living now, is in the kingdom of God in its temporal sense. Do not be deceived. Now that's a direct order. You are just as guilty for believing the lie as you are in telling it. And the consequences will be just as severe if not more so, no matter what area of life it is in. Do not be deceived. Do not believe what is false. Don't kid yourself. Good, putting it in a good way. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, those who have a real smug attitude toward truth, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now some of you were those things, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. So he's saying, get your act together. 
you can be delivered from all that stands in your way of being righteous. Those, those who live in the kingdom are righteousness. It is the doing or the being of what is just and right. <clears throat> oh, oh, I got to read one more here in Proverbs chapter 30. <clears throat> you Bible scholars, that's in the Old Testament. Chapter, chapter 11 <clears throat> and verse 30. 1130. The fruit of the righteous, Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. See, that's what's come forth of those who live a righteous life in the kingdom. That's a part of what it means to be in the kingdom. That you are, you are being delivered in a continual life of all of those things that stand in the way of being righteous. You are serious about the things of God. You are acquiring all of the elements of which God approves for you in your life. That's righteousness. And the fruit of that is a tree of life. And he who is wise wins souls. If the righteous will be rewarded in the earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner will receive the due of their wages? Both have wages. Number two. First one is righteous. The first thing that living in the kingdom means is mean that you're living a life that is righteous. That means that you're weeding out the things that stay in the way of you being righteous. It is doing and being what is just and right. And it isn't on how other people think about it or how you think others should be, but it is how you ought to be. It is always you, individually, must be righteous, and it makes no difference what or if anybody else is or not. That you're going, because you're in the kingdom, you're going to live up to the standard of the kingdom, and that means you're going to live your life in righteousness. <clears throat> it doesn't make any difference who or what somebody else is doing or not doing or wishing they could or couldn't do doesn't make any difference. You have to do what is right. It is your responsibility no matter what. Now, secondly, and very quickly, peace. Isn't that what it says in Romans, Romans in our text? Peace. And in one sense, peace is rest in contrast to strife and denoting the absence or end of strife. But it means essentially, it's from the Hebrew word shalom, which means that you are driven toward solutions. That means that people who are living in the kingdom are not just righteous, but they are driven toward solutions. And that results in a state of health or well-being. That has an awful lot to do with how a person lives their life as far as the whole disposition, their countenance. It means that you have a clean and unrestricted relationship with God because you are at peace, as Romans 12, that we need to be at peace with all of mankind if it be within our power and ability. 
Peace means that we are solution-oriented type people. We can choose our government, one by man or one by God. But there are no elections in the one that's created by God, and there are no changes that are taking place in the one that has been created by God. And it is there where all the personalities, all the differences in personality can all get along. I want, I got to read this. <clears throat> Greg is over here saying, it's time to shut down. But I'm not quite ready. Sorry. Look, look at this in, in Isaiah chapter 11. <clears throat> You can see that I'm not going to have any time on joy. <clears throat> but you don't need it. You're joyful anyway. So in, in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 6, And the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. That'll be the day. And the leopard will lie down with the young goat. You know, that's what they eat. Yeah. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and the little boy will lead them. And the cow and the bear will graze, and the young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. They will not hurt or destroy. And then there's the kicker. He's not talking about a literal situation here. He is talking about the personalities that make up the kingdom. They will not hurt or destroy where? In my holy mountain, which folks in chapter 2 is referring to the church or the kingdom. That those folks in the kingdom... No matter what their background, no matter what their personality, because they're in the kingdom and living righteously, they can get along. I got to go, go to chapter 65 of this same book, Isaiah 65, and we have almost the same thing there. <clears throat> 65 and um, verse 25. The wolf and the lamb will graze together. The lion will eat straw like the ox and dust will be the serpent's food. They will, know, they will do no evil or harm in all of what? My holy mountain. And then if you read the context in these verses that I have snatched out of a context, you'll discover that it's not meant to be taken literally. It's meant to be understanding that in the kingdom, in the holy mountain of God, in the church of the living God, of which we're talking about today as to how we ought to live, we can get along because we're living righteously and we're being governed by the authority of God. Number three. Not only is there righteousness in the kingdom, that's how we live in the kingdom, and is there peace, which means that no matter, no matter what, there are ways that we can all get along. 
I get along with Tanya. And you thought that was impossible. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see? Now, <clears throat> look with me in Isaiah 51 since we're there. We'll just jump here, and this is our last point. Uh, not the last verse, but it's the last point. Uh, we got 40, 50 verses left yet. But <clears throat> see, if I'm, if I'm not going to be able to be here next week, i got to make up for it today, right? But we don't know that. Isaiah 51, verse 11. So the ransom of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion. What we have today came from the Zion side, not the Mount Sinai side, but from Zion, which is a mountain in Jerusalem. Come with joyful shouting to Zion. And notice he is describing those who have re been redeemed. Everlasting joy will be on their heads. They will obtain gladness and joy. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Look at chapter 65 of this same book, verse 17. <clears throat> Psalm 65 and verse 17, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. Folks, the New Testament tells us that's the kingdom, that's the church, that's the new heaven and the new earth. Uh, Jerusalem and Judea and the, tap, and the uh, temple of the Jews were the old heaven and the old earth. For the former things will not be remembered, that is the law, or come to mind. Verse 18. But be glad and rejoice for, forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem. Folks, that's the church. That's the new, that's the new Jerusalem. Talked about in Hebrews 12, 23. I create Jerusalem for rejoicing. I create Jerusalem. That's who we are. We are the new Jerusalem. I create it for what? Rejoicing and her people for gladness. I, God says, will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. And there will no longer be heard in her the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. You see, when the church is committed and the kingdom, living in the kingdom... Predominantly, we're working toward the righteousness of Christ in our lives. And we have the peace, which means that we are a solution-oriented people. That we can then live in a delightful way, in gladness of the Lord. Nehemiah 8, verse 10 says, One strength is discovered in the joy of the Lord. Psalms chapter 30, verse 5, the time that one faces while in the valley passes. But stay true because the valley, the time that you spend in a valley of life will eventually pass and you will come out. And when you come out, there will be music and joy. You have to see it through the hard times. Soul winning in Psalms 126, verse 5, says it brings forth a joy. So if you want to have the joy, if you're righteous and, you're, and, and you, you really are a solution-oriented person, that's peace, that's shalom, then if there's joy missing, he says now you have to focus on winning others to the faith. 
then your joy will be complete. In closing, <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter 1 <clears throat> and verse 8. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy. What? Inexpressible. A joy that can't be confined down to words. It's an abiding trait. And it's reflected in your countenance. You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your soul. That ought to be the pre, pre, uh, uh, permeating thing of your life that grants you, to you that joy that is inexpressible, full of glory and recognition. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know the Spirit of Christ. And the Spirit of Christ was that inexpressible joy. So three things make up the life of living in the kingdom. Righteousness, getting rid of the things that stand in your way of being righteous, and then practicing the things that meet God's approval in life. Secondly, peace. That is that we are folks dedicated to the resolution of issues. And that produces a shalom. Peace. That's Hebrew for peace. And thirdly, then the joy. The joy that permeates the life of the Christian and is a directing force in their life. Living in the kingdom. Let's stand and sing our closing song. <clears throat> and it is... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.